1: a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. David Wax of the David Wax Museum is an artist I've been lucky enough to watch evolve. Evolve over the years, over the last 12 years. And I admire him so much as a guy. Uh, His wife, Suze, is a veritable force of nature, an incredible singer, violin player, fiddle player even, among other stuff. They have a couple of very sweet little kids. Uh, I care about these guys a lot. You know, I've, um, like I said, I've watched them from when they were really very first starting out. But... That said, things came up in this interview that I didn't know. And boy, I just, I love doing these wheels off interviews because no matter how well I know someone or how long I've known someone, when I, you know, put them through the the rigorous exercise of the wheels off experience, something always comes out that uh, surprises me. I think that you will enjoy this. David is someone who thinks a lot i mean he he went to Harvard for goodness sake, but he's somebody who is is living an examined life, and I feel like he's pretty realistic about you know when he's dealing with his his own sort of neuroses and complications and and then I do also think that he appreciates that he's a talented guy that sounds bad we should be allowed to appreciate that we are talented, right? That's, that's a good thing. I'm just saying that he went all in on a life in music with the help of his partner, Suze, and I'm so glad they did. He could have done a lot of things. They could have done a lot of things. But um, the music world would have been poorer for their absence, as would have been Wheels Off. So I'm so glad to have now in the Wheels Off stable, the great David Wax.
0: Welcome to Wheels Off, David Wax. How are you? Great. It's great to see you, Red. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Man, it's great to see you. I've missed you guys, and it's, it looks like you've got a sunshiny, artistic room. Where are you right now?
0: This is our little attic studio in, in our home in Charlottesville, Virginia, Um, it, it kind of for a long time was just like a space where we had a bunch of beds where we would host bands or Airbnb, our house while we were on tour. And so finally, when we were here with enough consecutive time, you know, days in a row, we're like, we're going to have to just make the space into where we can do our live streams, make it cozy, get all our instruments set up and build a little home studio up here. So we've done, done all that this year.
1: And you've been pretty aggressive about doing live streams and keeping a constant stream of of stuff going. I'm, I'm super proud of you. I think it's great. I love how positive you guys are about it. What's that been like for you?
0: Well, I guess that first all, I'll say that means a lot coming from you. Cause I think maybe you've been even more uh, aggressive <laughs> about it than we have. <laughs> um, I mean, for the, for the early days, we were doing that too of just three shows a week is what we did for the first couple of months. And I think that, um, I mean, as I'm sure you're finding like people, who are watching and tuning into the live streams it's a lifeline for a lot of people right now that are really isolated. And, um, so we've just felt grateful that anybody wants to come and hang out on the screen with us. And, um, just that the songs are meaningful for people. And for us, I think is, um, I don't know, we've learned a lot as musicians, just kind of like going back through our old songs, learning covers, like digging back into all the Spanish songs they used to sing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I watched, uh, I've watched a couple of years and for me to like to do the, uh, I, I was really excited to see you do Hitchhike to Rome. <laughs> and I was kind of like, you know, it was like, um, I just try to remember how excited I was to see that. And that there are people that must feel that way when they come and see our sh- shows and we play these older songs. And so I have to kind of remember because sometimes we just like, we're doing it every week and it's like, can we, you know, it, places certain stresses on us. It's, it's, it's like its own new art form. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'd love to talk to you more about this maybe. And then,
1: you know, I know. No,
0: no, no, no.
1: <laughs> but it is funny, right? Because to do what we do, even in the best of times in the before times, like you have to tell yourself a story, right? Like there's a reason I'm up on stage and you're all sitting there looking at me and you all paid money. Like it's a weird mind thing, trick that you have to constantly do. And it's much harder When you're looking into a hd camera
0: (laughs) yeah and i don't i mean i think i've been i feel like we rely a lot on each other yeah kind of like pick each other up if one's not feeling it that that night i i mean i i was really impressed just like it's kind of it seemed like you just had a lot that you wanted to get across and you kind of like had the stories kind of like could the songs would kind of lead to the next story and you kind of like had a momentum that you have built into your shows yours you know have honed it and so we definitely like rely a lot on just like talking to each other and kind of having that help us kind of not feel so awkward about it. That is pretty great. And I've honestly, I've
1: loved, that's one of the things I've loved so much about just watching you guys over the years, the way that you, the two of you together as a married, by the way, we're talking about Sue's David's wife and musical partner, um, and you guys have been able to like keep keep your band going and have and just and like have great momentum and make record after record great records build fans tour incessantly have kids and the fact that you're able to do it together I mean it's really inspiring.
0: Oh, thanks. I mean, uh, it's a testament to a lot of parts of our our relationship and creative collaboration. I, I think that um, there are there are challenges when we're trying to do so many of those different things together. But I think that, um, I don't know. I mean, Suze has a lot of wisdom and I think has a much more holistic and balanced view about life in general. So that there's that already, that kind of like cancels, not cancels out, but just is a, is a great yin and yang to kind of like my drive and ambition and into the, you know, sometimes that there's a lot of things that can suffer because of that. And yeah. And so I think we have that, we balance each other out in that way. And I think that, um, yeah, just anytime you're kind of trying to build something um, to kind of lean on each other's strengths and weaknesses and kind of, you know, just the way any partnership or relationship, but it's so intertwined in our case. um, I don't know this year though. I've, I've felt like um, it's even felt like this real aperture, this opening in terms of our creative collaboration, we just, we just got Suze's new record mastered. And so to like have her first real solo record of songs that she wrote and for me to get to be in a real supportive role, just like to engineer the record and to help co-write a couple things, but really just as a cheerleader and supporter. And, um, and we just did this, this we just on the last song of this other project where, um she would come up with almost all the melodies and i would write the lyrics and it would just it's all her voice it's kind of i think it's going to be a a wax museum record but it's she's singing every song and it's like layers of her vocals and we're just it's we're having so much fun i'm feeling like wow that we've been doing this together for 14 years and now it's like there's still so much richness in terms of learning about each other as musicians and and um yeah kind of a, even a greater appreciation of what the other has to offer i think um and how much is still untapped so i feel i feel really fortunate and and kind of continually inspired by her and just like getting to make music with her
1: well that's really beautiful and um I know you well enough and you just addressed this a little bit but I should officially start um with my my big question number 1 which is uh what are you working on right now what creative project are you working on and how does it light you up well
0: for me I usually have to have a lot of different irons in the fire and I think I I thrive on just having all those different things going at once um so it's always been kind of and and especially now I think because I've just uh, appreciated how much, um, how much energy I was spending on tour logistics and just like touring with the family and every like where everybody was going to stay the night and just like to have that lifted off of me this last year has opened up so much space for other things. Um, Cause I guess I, I think of creativity is, or like some part of me is honing something that I know I'm good at and continually kind of writing songs for the band in a particular way and, and trying to grow it and become a better songwriter in that way. But that's like, okay, I know kind of what works and how I, how I can produce material in that vein. And I feel like this year has felt so exciting because I felt like I've been able to just experiment more and get stranger and um, like doing that, writing these songs for this, this project with Sue's to sing the lead vocal on all of them. Um, like that's just felt so generative and it's just felt like a different, like to get to write for her voice more and to kind of, we've been thinking about those songs as, um, I, I think there's especially something when she layers her vocals, it's so soothing. And so it's like, and I think people are really needing that right now. Something that's just like, uh, deeply spiritually comforting and sort of write a batch of songs in that vein in in almost a different voice than I've written before. Um, And we're with a great collaborator, Anthony DaCosta is producing that for us. Um, And I've also found this, one of my favorite collaborators over the years is Alex Spiegelman, who's a horn player in Brooklyn. He's he's played with us and toured with us over the years. And we started making a record at the beginning of uh, the pandemic. And so we just have finished that. That's about to come out next month. And, and as soon as we finished it, we just started the next one. And so just to have a collaborator like that, that I can just get, yeah, get weird with and just kind of try to reimagine the whole way I'm writing and to like, okay, I know I write songs like this and this is how I do it. Like to try to um, kind of question all those assumptions that I work under and to try to think about new ways to play with words and, sounds and kind of getting comfortable in the studio for the first time so i i feel jazzed up by that collaboration that's kind of one of the things i'm I'm thinking about and working on a lot right now is these these songs with alec
1: that's amazing and um you're really like hands-on with the knobs now like you're recording (laughs) are you getting good at pro tools or logic or whatever
0: yeah i'm doing logic wow I i mean i just i i avoided it for years. For, I mean, I've avoided some, I've been doing this like you since I was 13. You know, I've just been writing songs and performing in bands. And I think that there used to be more barriers where there was just like, you know, fa- fancy studio and all this equipment. And it just seemed like, OK, well, there's a pro that's going to do that. So I, why would I kind of that's an expertise that I don't have. Why would I want to spend the time um, when there's just people that are so much better at that or have that? You know, I just didn't think of myself as a producer ever. Um, but yeah, I think I just felt like if we're going to be here and I don't know how long we're going to be here in this, in our house, um, I just thought, yeah, I had no more excuses. Mm-hmm. All the, I don't know all the reasons I'd come up with for why I shouldn't learn how to do it. And they have made it so easy now. I don't know. It's so, it's so user friendly. Um, and then to have these collaborators where I can kind of, if before I learned how to do one step, I could kind of send it to one of to Alec or Anthony and get them to kind of help me comp it or to make it sound good. I don't like, there's just so the tools are so advanced now yeah. that if you can get a decent capture, a great mixer or a great producer can do so much with it.
1: And, and how so did I, you, did you just watch YouTube videos? Did you have friends that walk you through it? How, what did, how that work?
0: Yeah. Asking, a lot of YouTube lot.
1: asking for a friend here. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot of YouTube videos. Um, and, and the, I think, like screen shares really helped because we couldn't like, I think if I could sit down with a, with an engineer or producer now in a room, I could learn, I would just like in an hour, they'd blow my mind, but I can do that on screen share with someone. If they can carve out an hour, just to like, look at what I'm doing. I think, you know, a friend can give me 10 pieces, like 10 little things I'll write down and then it'll just like, yeah, it blows my mind. It's just like, oh my God, I didn't even realize I could do that. Or it's just like, um, I don't know. It's, I, I think that, They've, there's so, something so intuitive about it. And I think I've been in the studio enough and it's kind of like just learning to trust myself, love, trust my ears a little bit more, not be, um, not have to like, I don't have to answer all the questions, you know, sometimes it's just like getting to, uh, yeah, try A lot of the songs I've been working on recently, like I don't, they're not written yet. Normally I've always gone to the studio and like have it written and, to like have I don't know it's otherwise it's so stressful to get in the studio and think about all the money you're spending and everybody's time and they're everybody's watching you and and so to just not feel like I'm under the gun in that way and to be able to like just get a strange sound on my vocal and just experiment with lyrics and to feel like oh the studio is a tool and it's an instrument and um it's so generative so yeah i I, I would love to see what you'd do if you kind of yeah. go fully into that. Are you thinking about it? Are you?
1: Oh, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got a logic set up and a good mic and I'm, um, you know, like, like you no more excuses, but I, I come up with excuses. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, doing, doing all the shows, I found that when we were doing so many shows that there was so much prep for the live streams and so that we've kind of, now we did it to once a week and we're kind of trying to to slow it down a little bit more than that so that we can open up space for other things
1: yeah it takes a lot of bandwidth but you know it's once again the if you want to do something you make time to do it there's yeah. no real excuses so I, I love the the image of you as a 13 year old cuz to me you're such an old soul but i know that <laughs> it's it's funny to think that at some point you were like a child prodigy And um, so I wonder going back to those earliest days for you, do you remember um, a moment when you knew you were going to be a musician or a songwriter or a performer? How early did that happen? Was there an epiphany moment?
0: Yeah, I think there, there were different moments, but some pretty clear ones in my mind. Um, Hearing, uh, hearing the White Album and like, especially hearing Rocky Raccoon, I remember just kind of like, uh, like a lightning bolt. It's like, I wanna do that. I wanna make a world and kind of inhabit a character. Um and tell a story like that. And just how transportive that was for me. Um that yeah, just like that song in particular, but just hearing the White Album in general wanted me to make records. i mean to I was like, that's what I want to do. Um how old were you? That's when I was probably um yeah, twelve or thirteen. Oh, okay um and yeah i think i mean at some point uh my cousin and i jordan we were playing you know i mean we were both playing piano and kind of clarinet and like very cool things like that um church music
1: mm-hmm.
0: and music and his older brother mark um had a punk band and we went and saw him and he was an incredible performer he's a he's like a very theatrical person but he he had, he's not much of a, like not a trained musician by any means, but he was just like owning it. And we were like, man, if Mark who doesn't play an instrument or sing really, if he can do it and look so cool like that, I mean, can't we do that? Can't we like, we actually like practice and you know, so Mark really paved the way for us to be like, the, the, there was no barrier to entry. Did um, he stick with it? He went in the theater direction okay. for many, many years, which was a great direction for him he is extremely talented um but Jordan and I both yeah we're like all right we're gonna we're gonna do this I don't I don't think we didn't think we would stick with it after high school together I mean he did he kept doing music without any pause and for me there was a real a break and a pause for many years what um, was that like when you when you took your break what did you think you were gonna do um I mean I thought I don't, I I was so driven um, in school and really interested in academics and thriving in that world. Um, At different points, I was thinking about like doing work in Latin America, whether it was kind of development work or um, working with, you know, trying to do something through the, through the government. I I don't know. I I just like, I think that um, I saw music as just so impractical in terms of like as a career choice (laughs) and so 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 much of my brain was just like I couldn't uh I couldn't accept such an impractical thing for myself or just it seems so risky and just like trying to build a life around like just the muse and like being inspired and not that just felt too scary and daunting to me um so I was I really closed that door I think I was I was just like that that's just not that's not me you know um and I think that there are enough other the rewards and the kind of like there's just a clear path when you're interested in academics academics and successful in that and there's just like all these steps that kind of you just kind of go down the chute and it kind of keeps you keep getting encouraged in that direction and so it was easy to just kind of get swept away by that because I loved it and I don't know yeah I think um It wasn't until I was, I mean, I kept coming back to it. It kept finding its way back in my life. Um, But I think at different points, yeah, it's like, how do you, how do you do this and have a family and like have any normalcy in your life? How do you do this? And like, just have it. Yeah. Any stability or I don't know these things that are all the reasons that people don't do it or stop or quit or, you know, but I think it just had to come back in in a way that where I was like, I just have to do it. I just, if I don't, do it. I'm gonna regret it the rest of my life, you know. And I just like the way music kind of kept finding me and kept speaking to me and kept kind of like I don't know, yeah, whispering me back in to be like, don't you want to be writing songs right now? Don't you want to be out performing? Don't you want to, you know? Like I just got so much from it, and I think uh I don't know, yeah. So many of my tendencies were I could just it'd be really easy for me to just be in the library all day and like just be in the archives and like. But when I was doing music, it just like, it got me out in the world. And it just like, it was like this, I could still have that interior world and the creative space that was very intimate and personal. But then it just forced me to also just be out in the world and engaged and kind of like just putting yourself out there and and reaching out for connection and meeting people and just kind of getting out of my comfort zone. And so I think I just kept uh, being drawn back for the way that it just shook me up in that way.
1: I I think your story is such a great example of a truth that I first heard expressed by Bowie in an interview he gave Rolling Stone around the turn of the millennium. Unfortunately, it was the same interviewer. He said, I like every kind of music except country music, which I've never thought of myself as a country musician, but I suddenly imagined, oh, no, Bowie would would not like (laughs) my music. (laughs) But um, in that same interview, they were asking him about the collapse of the business model. You know what what would the future hold would Would we live in a world where people where people wouldn't make music when there wasn't money to be made, big money to be made and the point that he made that I've found to be more and more true um, is that there will always be people to make music. And that probably it's a good thing when the money goes away because then the gold rush ends. And then the people who are left making music are the people who have no other choice but to make music like you described, like you just can't stop thinking about it. And so at the expense of all the other paths you could have chosen, this is the one you went down and you did end up with a family. You've got two super cute kids. You've got a great little, you know, family unit there and you're making it work.
0: Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, yeah, there's something about just like keeping the blade sharp and um, that made me think of just how we've, I think it's like, yeah, there's not, I I don't know. It's not, um, we were never going to do it because of the money or because of fame or I don't know. We're going to just like the kind of music I'm interested in is not going to put me in that place, (laughs) Um, you know, but it's, but I'm just, I am really driven and I want to like, have I want to like build this catalog of songs, and I want to have you know a big band. I want to be able to tour with a big band when we do it, and you know. But I think we've just there's something about because there's no money in it to some degree. that's like there's you're just like hustling so much, and you're just keeping the blade sharp, and that is exciting for me. I, I just love. I don't know. I just feel like I'm always trying to think of new ways for us to I don't know to connect with people to make to make rent that month and that keeps us kind of really on our toes in a way that I think is exciting. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I have like a safety net, like my, like we, our parents are not going to let us starve. Like we have, you know, we're going to be okay. Um, and I don't know, I've, I've found this time of, um, I don't, yeah, I think for us, there's just, um, I don't know. There's, it's, it feels like there's, it's, I feel like it's an incredible time to be making music right now an incredible time to be a musician. I feel like for all the things that you could complain about the state of the industry or anything, I just think there's just like such a rich time for us to imagine what kind of life we want to have and build it right now. And to have that supported by like the real diehard fans and, um, to kind of like just all these creative ways to reach people and to get our music out there. So I, I feel like, um, if you're willing to kind of hustle and kind of keep trying to reimagine how you're doing it and what the opportunities are in each moment, I, I think it's a it's a it's an amazing time to be be alive and making music.
1: I love that. I love the I mean, I've I'm obsessed with silver linings during all of this, you know, and um I think you guys have found a lot of those and you've you've described a lot of those just in the last, you know, few minutes. But um I think that's a really big one is that right now we live in such a time um, of technology overload and almost all of it is trying to sell you something, right? Trying to work you to be a customer of some giant corporation that doesn't care about you, except as a potential customer. And um, music is at its best. And I think most of the time, something that's, that's inherently just human connection. It's just building bridges between souls, right? And, and, I love that. I think that you're right. And and sometimes I lose sight of that. So it's nice to hear you say it, that music is really important right now, maybe more so than at any other time we've lived through.
0: Yeah. I think there is just something, um, there's like a meanness out there right now. I think, you know, that, and sometimes it's like, um, I don't know. I, yeah. It's just like people, I think, I think music and like the empathy of, kind of trying to get into someone else's head and see someone else's perspective and just like what that does in terms of opening your heart up to to hear someone being emotionally vulnerable and um, yeah, to be moved by something beautiful that someone else makes. I, I don't know, those just seem like more important than ever right now. Um, so I feel really, um yeah, it seems like, I, I think that because, because music exists in this like ethereal, um, realm, like, you know, a spiritual realm, it's, 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 it was hard for my, my, my brain to be like, that was so practical to kind of understand, like, how do you measure it or justify it? Or, you know, like, there is like this big leap of faith in it and like giving your life over to music and to the art. Um, but I've just, I feel like we've just kept, um, Enough times along the way, we've been rewarded or in a way that was not financial, that was just like, yeah, just like the soul filling in terms of knowing how, what, what a difference it made for someone. Um, and that's really kept us going.
1: Ever since I've known you, I feel like you've been really great about uh acknowledging your feelings and talking, like you know, you and I have. Even though we don't get to see each other very often, I feel like when we do, it, you're someone who I can always count on to be very real and, and acknowledge even sometimes when you're struggling. Um, but I wonder, or and I wonder, um, like how you deal with that, like the, the sort of the internally generated obstacles, the noise that, that, that goes on in your head, the, the stories, the negative stories you tell yourself, the way that you beat yourself up inside or, or that we all sorry, that we all beat ourselves up inside, especially perhaps artists. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder how you have figured out to deal with that.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a work in progress. I think <laughs> that, um, I don't know, some of it's, you know, like, um, I've, uh, I'm just so fortunate that I have a partner that has a much kind of wiser, more holistic approach that is less like her, Susan's identity is just less tied up in the band or the success of the band or what gigs we're getting or not getting like she just she cares but some part of her is just kind of above it in a way she's just like it doesn't you know like she's just a more um just a wiser soul in that regard and so i i do lean into that a lot i think when i am kind of in a um you know one of those like patterns in your mind that is negative or that is critical or i don't know like I think that there's been a part of me that, you know, like gets on Instagram and before the pandemic, it would be just like this negative spiral of like, why am I not playing that gig or why am I not getting that opportunity? And, and Suze would ask something like, you know, do you, do you really want to like trade places with someone? Do you want to be playing their songs and like being that person? And like, no, I don't. Like, I want to be doing my songs and like, she's always like, we're doing our thing and we have to just kind of like put those blinders on and not like that does like, it's just kind of making that switch to just be able to celebrate other people's um, success and not have it be a reflection on where you are, have any bearing on where you are in life. I feel like that's just a constant thing, especially the nature, the nature of social media and the way we kind of interact with it. Um, I think that, you know, it, it has, for me it is kind of about getting lost in the work I think is also a way of coping with that. And just like, um, I think all these tools I've developed over the years to, to get into some flow with making music. And I think, I think that one of the beauties of that is that it turns off that voice, you know, when I'm really in it and to, to be in a song and be like working on a verse or to be kind of chasing an initial inspiration where I know just I'm on the cusp of something and I'm just, you know, kind of like, uh, riffing and improvising and just like turning off the brain that's the critical judging voice um you know i feel like then you're like yeah i'm, I'm lost in the experience and i'm not thinking about any of those negative things or the i don't know yeah all the things that aren't generative or are not they're not helpful or productive um that's that's some of my coping mechanism
1: well it's funny because when i started having these conversations i I kind of assumed that every single especially musician but every single artist that I spoke to a creative type person would talk about that feeling of envy that that feeling I I don't I'm not sure if if that's exactly what it is but that feeling of looking at others and wondering why not me why does this person get to play headline red rocks and I've only opened red rocks or why does you know whatever like all these Mm-hmm. I mean cuz I know for me like that's that's one of the worst most nagging things it's so hard to get rid of that feeling and there are so few people that get to do the truly amazing things and and it's I love what Sue's I love her message that she gives to you right like you only get to live your life would you really want to be that other person because I you know I've known some of those people that I've been jealous of and once I really know them no way no thank you I'll take I'll take my life and my kids in my weird little you know
0: middle class house it's, this is great yeah <laughs> I think there's something about um I had I had a creative writing teacher this amazing uh, novelist Bruce benderson tell me this when I was younger where I was like you just you never know like how you're gonna actually make your way in in the arts you know like you just like free you know like for you to like have like, now you're just like the last year, how many live streams you've done or like doing doing the podcast or writing the books. Like you're, there's so many this multifaceted rich life that you're being engaged creatively in the world. And I think for us, it's like, you know, I think because we've had been at a certain level, that's never gone to that stratosphere, but it's always, we've always kind of kept it afloat. Like that's, that's opened up a lot of different avenues for us to be a band and be creative people. And, for Sue's to work on different writing projects for us to, you know, do this. Before the pandemic, one of the most exciting things we were doing was these shows where we would blindfold the audience. And oh, it's yes. like, it's people, it has to be small. You can only get 50 people in there. And so it just instantly frames your brain in a different way where you're not about like, oh, we have to sell all these tickets and we have to be in front of people in the spotlight. It's like, no, we're going to have to get 50 people want to be present in the songs and listening in a different way and I think that you know maybe that came out of um, our experience of kind of seeing like when we were talking about silver linings like every time there's a problem or a crisis it's like how do what's the opportunity there for you and for us it's like if there's a shitty sound system it's like all right we're just just gonna get off the stage and start playing in the middle of the room and and we've always kind of had that mentality of like, How do you just, how do we make the most of this opportunity? We can't get a gig anywhere. So, all right, we're going to do a house concert and we're going to like get 50 people in a house and like win each of them over. And so I think we've had that mentality all along. And then, so for us to be like, well, what if, if we really want people to listen and not be distracted and to be as present as possible in the show, like, what if we just blindfold them? And we like, circle? you know, they're in the room in this, like, configuration where we can walk around them and sing in their ear and sing harmonies from across the room and like have them be right next to the acoustic guitar and have the, have the song move around them. And it's, it's been amazing. I just feel like people I've been doing this for now kind of professionally as for 14 years. And this is like the time where we're, when we do these, these golden hour shows to like, just see people weeping during the show is like, it's just, I don't know. There's nothing like it. And I've found that just like it cuts through in a different way to people because we just, I think it removes these assumptions about the way that we experience live music and the way that we kind of have a performer on stage and lights. And we're kind of like jostling for a good view and kind of, I don't know, just, just checking our phones and all the things that people do at a show that even if they really want to be there, there's just so much pulling on them. Um, So That's- we've, I can't that, wait to get to do that, that again when we can gather people. And... I
1: know that's so brilliant. I, yeah, I, when you first described that to me, I just thought, why is that not something people have been doing forever? Because it's such a brilliant idea. But I do think that maybe you're right. Like um, it's just since the the telephones have taken over our lives, and this sort of um, you know this competition for who's got the best looking life. And so yeah, I love that. I love that you do that. Also, you can rifle through their purse, too. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. <That's>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so finally, if you – and I love um, asking this of folks that are, you know, deal, raising tiny humans of their own now because it's a question that becomes, like, um, you know, something you're going to have to really deal with. If you were to run into a 21-year-old version of yourself but working in today's world uh, – now you knowing what you know now what
0: advice might you give that 21 year old version of you um i mean some some of it's along the lines that we've been talking about where it's like i i wish if i'd been 21 and started recording myself then and learning how to to just kind of have that it's so empowering and i think that for so long i just felt like this reliance on other people to be able to to have that studio experience which is one of those things when you're in a band, you're young, it's like it's just the best. And it's still the best. I love it so much. And so um I just wish I would have just at an early age started doing that. I think those people those kids that are like just record themselves and are so um so comfortable and in their element working with that that part of making music. I I just feel um that's just such a gift to have that be part kind of integrated into your musical psyche. Um, I mean, I think on a, on like a less kind of like that nitty gritty, um, level, I think that one of the things that I've found over the years is that, especially as someone like me who look, who looks for mentors and looks for advice and asks people that are kind of further along for advice. I think that, that it took me too long to realize that, um. People are going to do the best they can in terms of giving you advice. But ultimately, like, you just have to trust your gut. And I think that it's been, it was hard in the early days when we got started where I think we just were looking for so much um, outside guidance of, like, how are we going to do this? And and everybody was trying to help us, but it's like, especially in the arts and in the music industry, it's just like it, it's been so, so in flux and nobody really knows what's coming or how every, everybody's going to, like, create their own path. In this and so if someone gives you advice it's just you have to hear it and and really listen but ultimately trust your gut when it comes to kind of decisions about how you're going to build your life and your career I, i wish i would have kind of known that earlier about how to just like that naggy feeling nagging feeling where like people are like everybody's saying we should do this thing but i just something's not feeling right about that and i just wish i at different points i could have trusted that feeling more
1: well that's true there's no one clear path and and how could anybody tell you how to be you right I remember meeting you at, how many years ago would that have been now 12
0: yeah probably 12
1: years ago <laughs> and um being blown away by you guys playing as a duo and um we we were talking about stuff and you you know you you were young and you were getting started and and I remember I gave you a piece of advice that I feel like I've always regretted and I don't exactly remember what it was but I think the gist of it was you should play down the like uh the folk mexican folk music angle of your stuff because that's just going to seem off-putting. I think I said something like that to you that I was just, I thought I was being like really like nuts and bolts. Like, let me tell you how it's been. (laughs) You know, I've been sick of being a, you know, tagged with being a country Texas guy. You don't want to be like the Mexican folk music guy. And then I've watched your career and I've been like, what an idiot I was. Like, what do, what do I even know? And everything that you've done has been so beautifully unique and Mm -hmm. so much you that, um, I don't know if you even remember that at all, but I but I, I'm glad you didn't listen to me. I was
0: no, I wasn't like secretly referencing some advice you gave me <laughs> 12 years ago. But I, I do remember. <laughs> I mean, I was touched because you called me and we like you know to like I've just looked up you looked up to you for so many years and been such a fan. I mean, we covered the old 97s in high school and you know so that you just cared enough to like have an opinion and want to talk and want to be helpful. I think that's what I took across. I took out of it not as like. He knows what I should, you know, like, and I think that it's um, I heard that is like, yeah, like the things that you have run into for your own career, wishing you'd known and wishing someone had kind of been like, well, just think about just be consider about how you kind of who you kind of uh, frame, how you frame yourself, because you can kind of when you're so young, you still want to express yourself in all these different ways and all these different parts of your artistic identity. You kind of just don't want to let don't kind of give them the box to pigeonhole you with, you know? Yeah. So,
1: like, like you can expect, you can hope that the people who have the power to pigeonhole you would accept nuance. Right. But typically those people, don't, they don't like, that's anathema uh, to them. They don't. Yeah. Okay. So what you said, you do something with Mexican music. Are you from Texas? So you're just country.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I mean, I just, when I was thinking about talking to you for this, I got emotional because I was just like, I don't, just there I just don't know if anyone's helped us out as much along the way as you have oh, stop. you know no I just like I feel like people have helped us and we that's where why we're here like along the way but first I feel like you've kind of gone the extra mile at every point to be like hey can I introduce you to this person like bringing us on tour introducing us to your audience you know just like taking that that extra leap and I think that's I mean that's a testament to a lot of things about your character and just like the way you engage with this whole musical community and life in general. So I, I'm very grateful for everything you've done for us and for, and just uh, that love that you put out into the community. And, and it mean, it's meant the world to me.
1: So. Oh, man. Well, you're embarrassing me, but you're also making me tear up a little bit. I really, I really love what you do and I love you guys as human beings. And I'm so glad that I, get to have you on wheels off and we just get to be you know two musicians who've devoted our lives to this thing and have had some success and are also living real lives with you know families and making it work somehow i'm so proud of you and Mm -hmm. i just i think the world of you david thank you so much for being on wheels off with me
0: oh my pleasure thank you so much red always a pleasure
1: every day. Thanks y'all.